Alexa, what is the best podcast in the land? Here's pulling back the curtain podcast registered from Amazon Music. Playing the latest episode. This podcast is sponsored by Sumato Coffee. Sumato Coffee believes that coffee should be unique and high quality from bean to cup. Beyond that, it starts to become stale. At Sumato Coffee, they're incredibly concerned and transparent about when your coffee is roasted. That's why they put the roast date right on the bag. Pulling Back the Curtain podcast listeners receive a 20% discount off their order by using promo code BALLERSCOFFEE. To learn more about Sumato Coffee, please visit them at sumatocoffee.com. That's S-U-M-A-T-O-C-O-F-F-E-E.com. What's happening, people, and what you know good? We'd like to thank you for listening and spending your time with us. This is Pulling Back the Curtain Podcast, the most provocative, the most exciting, the baddest, baddest podcast in the land. We come with the dopest topics, hitting with the rawest opinion while giving you the straight-up facts. No fake news here. I'm Jules. I'm Press. We give sight to the blind, ladies and gentlemen. On today's show, we pull back the curtain on our favorite holiday movie families and much, much more. Press, what's popping, baby? Hey, Jules, man, I'm trying to get into the Christmas spirit. I'm glad we're doing these shows, my brother, because uh, your boy Prez, man, I'm, I wonder if it's just because I've been traveling so much, man, I need to slow down, but I'm not in that Christmas mood just yet, bro. Not oh, yet. man, it is funny you said that because I am feeling the same way, trying to get there. These days are going so fast, just been working, not even, to tell, you the, tell you the truth, not even thinking about Christmas too, you know, too much. I mean, you can't help it because you see decorations. We get our decorations mm-hmm. up. We, we see some, you know, Christmas movies is, is coming on. But it just don't have that that same feeling. I don't know if it's because we're getting older, <laughs> you know. Right. And, you know, that that muster that it once had, it's, you know, because we're 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 in it. We're in the world. We we're doing things. We're making the magic for everybody else in the family and stuff. And maybe we just I don't know. I don't know. That's a good, that's, man, it's funny that you said that, man, because I'm feeling the same way. But, but with you, brother, I am glad that we, we're doing these shows to, 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 to get us in there, to draw us in, man. Yeah, and the other night, I actually listened to our Pulling Back the Curtain Christmas playlist, you know, audience, you guys remember uh-huh. the show we did last year, so I fired up me and Jules' list, and, you know, Jules, I'm slowly but surely trying to get there, but I, I fired mm-hmm. up that playlist, and I was smiling, and it was good, man. <laughs> other than that, man, how's everything else been with you? Man, it's good. Getting back on the road as soon as we get through with this show. It's been a whirlwind, bro. Just, mm-hmm. just, just grateful, man. Just appreciating opportunities, man, and just trying to take advantage of them, Jules. Man, that's that's all right right there, man. That's all right. Man, send me, hey, whenever you go to spots like this, send me those pictures, man. I want to see I want to see it, man. I want to see it through your eyes. <laughs> well, Jules, hey, man, let's get into our listener letter for this week before we okay. get into the episode. Audience, we got a jam-packed show. You guys have been sending us over the topics you guys want us to touch on. My goodness, we, and for the people that have been pushing on certain topics, we didn't forget about y'all. Realize these shows are jam-packed. But let's get to this listener letter. This week's listener letter comes over for Jennifer. And Jennifer says, fellas, I feel like some backstory is necessary before I get into my particular situation. She said, I've recently fallen on hard times financially as I was laid off from my job at Gannett in in August. Mm -hmm. She said, my mother's on disability. And I had been helping her out as her health had continued to decline in the last year. She said, so as you can imagine, losing my job no longer allows me to help her out financially. And as a result, I fell into a bit of a funk. 
She said, I'm feeling a little bit of guilt because my mother has always been there for me and in her time of need, I'm not able to help her. She said, the current job market in my industry has been tough sledding. She said, I've had a lot of interviews, but not very many callbacks, mm -hmm. which leads me to the reason for writing into you guys. My boyfriend and I have been together on and off again for four years. And she said, I recently moved in with him in October. We had discussed this progression in our relationship earlier in the year before I lost my job. And I finally agreed to it after he kept insisting that I move in. Mostly because I wanted to take things to the next level in our relationship, but also because he stated he wanted to help make things easier for me right now because I'm going through so much. However, he has recently begun expressing frustrations with bills at the house. His frustrations put me in a tough situation because I'm unable to contribute anything financially at this time due to my unemployment status. She said, however, even though I'm not able to help in a financial way, I do play my part. She said, I cook dinner every night. I clean up around the house. I do laundry and I even assist him with this business because he's a very unorganized person. I help keep him on track with a lot of things in his life. She said, however, when he directs his complaints about bills being hired because I'm there, it doesn't make me feel welcome. She said, I also question if he's in the trenches with me right now. I'm starting to question things between us since money is already becoming an issue and we've only been living together for a few months. I reminded him that he was the one that insisted that I moved there, unemployed. And his response to me was, he thought I would have a job by now. Mm -hmm. The added stress from my boyfriend, in addition to what I'm already dealing with, is extremely hurtful. I'm really close to just packing my stuff up and leaving for good. Because you know what, guys? I could do bad all by myself. Mm. Wow. There's a lot to unpack there. Right? There's a lot to unpack. Uh, first and foremost, big prayers for your mom' health. You know, we pray that she she regain her health quickly, and also for you to land on your feet with a job, so for offer to come. So we we we're gonna pray that two couple things: her mom' health, you know, you know, get back healthy, and a job opportunity come through. Now for her situation with a man. Well, it's not like she didn't tell him. Right. She talked to him. I mean, and he assists. He he's the one that wanted her to move in, move in with him. Uh so with her not working it right now, she's like, okay, let me contribute to it other things like uh cooking and cleaning and you know, taking care of his business to help organize, which dude, that's let's let let's be honest. Cooking and cleaning and running a house is is 24 seven days a week type type job talk to him Jules. <laughs> that's not easy you know what i'm saying so that's nothing to sneeze at brother you got somebody that's coming in doing helping you out with your business cooking and cleaning you might want to look at that okay money's a little tight but it, i mean you you know as long as you're working it, you know them bills get paid man but you gotta you got if you got a soldier behind you shit mm. i mean come on i mean it's tough now it's not going to be like that forever. Dude need to understand that. You know, she seemed like she a smart woman. And it ain't mm -hmm. going to take long for her to get back on her feet. Right. So there's another conversation they need to have. Because if she if she's feeling like this and she's like, hey, listen, if he's not appreciative of what I'm doing and if I'm being a burden, then all right, you know what? I'll just I'll just back off. I'll just I'll find something. I'll I'll, I'll do something else. But they're gonna need to have a she's gonna need to have a conversation with him, see where his head at. And if this is what if this ain't what he wants, 
then all right, we must go ahead and split. Go our separate ways then. Jules, I mean, bro, you, I mean, you pretty much kind of encompass what I was kind of thinking in my head. First and foremost, I hope everything where her mother does mm -hmm. you know, get better. It seems like that's a tough situation for her. So the first thing that I want to unpack is the fact that I want to make sure you, Jennifer, are okay. Because as Jules and I talk about on the show a lot, as you probably know, because you wrote into us, you got to take care of you first. It seems like you're doing yes. a lot for other people. You're doing Man. stuff for your mom and you're feeling guilt behind that, which I understand. But now you're doing all this stuff for this person and he's not appreciating it. But what are you doing for yourself? And I'm not even talking mm. about your job. I'm talking about for you. Mm. Right. Be because think about it like this, Jules. She says, I'm really close to packing my stuff up and leaving for good. When I hear those type of words, that means there's something in you right now that's not right. And it's not just about your relationship. You're probably thinking about the things in your life aren't the way that you want them to be. There's a lot of people out here right now, Jules, that they're probably looking on the internet and they're seeing people over here posting these things and living a certain type of way. And sometimes people internalize that shit. And when they're going through a little something, they think, well, my life is a failure because I don't have a job or my life's a failure because I don't have this. Man, mm. all I'm going to say is this, Jules. That shit is materialistic. Yes. A lot of these people that post all that stuff, you don't know what their situation is behind them curtains. Yeah, you can put you, you can easily put a front, right? Yeah, people uh -huh. front all day long on them things. They they uh -huh. can put on they can put on airs for people. But I got a message for this boyfriend of yours. <laughs> okay, sir, and I hope you play this for him. What kind of man are you? You call yourself a man? This woman needs a man in her life. Somebody's gonna have her back. Mm -hmm. She talked about the fact of the trenches. Sir, do you even know what that means? You gonna have the audacity when you know that this woman is dealing with health concerns with her mother right now. She lost her job. And I saw those layoffs that were going on in Gannett. They're happening all over the country. What type of man are you just gonna sit here and put pressure on her when she's already going through pressure? She already feels bad about the situation. You insisted that she move in with you. Right. What kind of man are you? You gonna come at this woman because she's in the house now and the bills went up a little bit. What 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 what, what went up? The light bill, right? Like on, and how what, much? What, what, we, what we talking about? Right. Your bills was gonna go on whether she was there or not. But in fact, she's added value to the household by making it a fucking mm. home. Oh, dude. Hey, there we go. Mm -hmm. You don't even recognize what she's doing for you right now. She's doing more for you than you're doing for her. <sighs> Mm -hmm. I'm done with this one, Jennifer. I, I'm telling you right now, this man do not value you. And I think you know what you need to do. This yeah. man right here is a coward. He don't even deserve to call you his woman. Man. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and she knew what she said at the end of her letter when she said, because she can do bad all by herself. She already know what's going on. It's, it's already in her. Yep. So this is just this is just confirmation. That's all. It's a confirmation, man. When people show you who they are, man, the first time, Ooh. believe. Me. Come on now, Prez, boy, that's wisdom talking, Prez. You know, it, it made me mad when I read this, man. Nobody deserves that, man. If you gonna sit up here and tell somebody that I want you to come live with me, then don't change your tune when when all of a sudden because maybe his business ain't going well with his something may, ain't going right with his business right now he he's looking for somebody to take his frustrations out and that's all this shit is Jules 
You don't take a rocket scientist to, to figure this shit out. It's tough out here. You get inflation, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. You never know what's going on with him. And so he's up frustrated with whatever he got going on, and he's taking it out on this woman, and this woman sitting here right there in the corner with him. Right. It, it, this is one of the things you, you have to learn when you're living with somebody. It's going. It's not always going to be peaches and peaches and rainbows. It's not going to be perfect <laughs> all the time. Those are the things when she talk about the trenches. Those are the things when you getting bombed from everywhere. Mm-hmm. All right, where my partner at? Let me turn around. Where where he, where he or she at? You you buy me. You rip me. You on guard. All right, let's tap up. Let's go. That's what she talking about when it, when it, when the smoke is thick. Mm. Now the smoke is a little thick. It's a little yeah. thick. But it, but you know what? It'll clear up. It's just see. I, Maybe maybe this right here is a learning experience for my man, and I hope you get it together. If not, then, man, then she, t- <laughs> then she knows what she has to do. It's like, hey, man, I'm going to go ahead and push on. I'm going to move on. Mm-hmm. And, Jules, you know what? Before we get into uh, our, our discussion here, okay, I feel like you hit on something that was really important. You talked about when the smoke is, is heavy and the smoke is thick. Well, guess what? I know that's uncomfortable. Nobody wants to be there when it's filled like that, but guess what? When that shit clears and everything's mm-hmm. sweet, that's the easy part. Who wouldn't want to be around when everything's gravy? But you know what, Jennifer? You deserve somebody that is going to be there with you no matter if it's good, if it's bad. It don't matter because they're there for you. That's what you need. Yes, sir. The fact that he even came out of his neck knowing what you're going through and opened his mouth up about yeah. some fuck, man, bro, for real. Yeah, yeah. Man, see, that's the thing. It's like, it's cats like him is the reason why women sit up here and feel the way that they do about men. That's why they like, oh, men ain't shit. It's because of people like you, sir, giving this woman a hard-ass time. Mm. That's not going to make the offer for somebody to live in your house if you don't mean it. If you got conditions yeah. on it. Talking about some, I thought you would have had a job right now. I thought you would have been a better man. How about that? <laughs> I thought I, I thought I was moving in with a man. I guess I guess we both wrong there, man. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I guess we both got to figure some shit out. <laughs> right. Damn. Oh man, that was a, that was a good letter. Well, Jennifer, you know what to do. <laughs> I'm done with that one, Jennifer. But we appreciate you yeah. for right now. Mm-hmm. Do the right thing for you. Also, some positive, or you know, depending on what the audience thinks. But I'm gonna give my thoughts. Okay. Okay. Grinder, baby. She's home. Ooh, she's the season's giving. Season of Miracle. <laughs> Guess who's coming home to dinner? Now, and we talked about, man, now, there was a deal on the table, potentially, to bring home that arms dealer back to Russia. A little swap thing. Ooh, the merchant of death. The merchant of death. Is that what they call him? Yeah, now, that's what they call him. You and I was conflicted. We definitely wanted Brittany to come home. But you and I yes. both said, anybody with a nickname merchant of death, I don't know if I want this guy out again. Well, mm-hmm. under immense pressure. Made the swap, but mm. they left the Moraine over mm. in Russia. So okay. Now you've got a lot of just moving parts with this situation. So, Jules, I would love to hear how you feel, first and foremost, about the swap, how you feel about the Moraine being left uh-huh. by, and also, too, how you feel about Brittany Grinder being free. When I got news, when I received news of this, I was like, cool. I, I was like, man, I am happy for it because the what they charge it with nine years for the uh delivery or, or possession rather of, of the oil or whatever the case may be 
I was like, wow, that is just insane. And at first I'm like, she's not going to do any time for this or whatever. But no, people, other countries are, they strict about certain, they strict about things. Prez, I remember when we was going to Cancun and a lot of people was telling me, do not get arrested. Mm-hmm. Don't get arrested <laughs> in Mexico. They said, do not get, they said, ha- that my, my father's like, have fun, but do not get arrested out there. My pastor said the same thing. My mom said, of course, my mom's always said, be careful. All right. So I'm glad, you know what? I'm glad Brittany's home. I'm glad she's with her family. She's not in a jail cell. She's free. She's home. She's in America. So she's home. I'm glad. I am happy. What I'm not happy with is the negotiating deal by the Biden administration. I feel there should have been something worked out where you didn't have to let this brother go that they wanted. But you can still get Britain out. It was something, some type of sanction, some, you know, something else you could do, you could have done. Or, or you can get Brittany and the Marine for the merchant of death. It would have to be some, be some type of stipulation on the merchant of death. I, I don't know how that worked. When he's out, he's free. I don't, I don't, I'm not sure what's on that end, what's going to happen on that end. But I felt like they could have got, they could have brought the Marine home too. I was to a point where I have to ask a couple of buddies. I asked one guy of mine who's a sergeant in the, in the army and I asked another guy who's a major in the army. And I talked to these guys and I said, guys, you know, you know, we do the president, I do the podcast and we're going to talk about the Brittany Griner situation. They both was, they both said it's, it's all political. Mm. They both said it's a slap in the face to the men and women who serve because they said they brought the girl home who, she done, she done, she done dirt. She, she did what she did and she got in trouble for it. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, everybody, everybody's not perfect. Okay. Fair enough. Yep. 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 But they said, they, they said, but you got a Marine over there who's, who served for the country and you, and you left them. You, you, you left them. You picked the, you picked Brittany over, over the Marine. I know this must be tough. Everybody want, but they said they choose this because it's better for their organization. It looks good for the, for the Biden administration. They say, hey, we got Brittany home. Because it's high profile. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm, look, I'm listening to them and I'm just like, wow, you're right. I mean, what do you do? I know it was tough, but you couldn't, I guess they couldn't get both of them. I, I, I forgot the press secretary uh, for Biden, for the Biden administration. And she talked about, well, the only thing they offered was Biden, uh, not Biden, uh, Brittany Grinder, or nothing at all. Yeah, they. Was Putin like, was pretty. He was pretty specific. He said it was only going to yeah. be Grinder. He said they were not going to swap for anyone else. Like, man, we want Brittany home, but then you get the Marine there, but then you get a merchant of death, and it's like, okay, if you want the merchant of death, it's like, wait a minute, if you want this cat here, you got you got to flip this and be hardball. I felt I'm gonna stop bullshitting. I felt that the Biden administration was soft. I felt these motherfuckers were real soft. You know what I'm saying? They could have they been like, no, nah, here's what. If you want the merchant death, you give us both. And I and I feel if you put a little bass in your voice, you, put, you probably could have got both of them. Or if he was gangster enough, you probably could have got both of them and ain't get nothing. But I ain't, hey, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, we're not really in good, good gracious with Russia, whatever the case may be. So, but my thing is, I think, I think I'm glad Britney's home, but I think the Biden administration, which their negotiation team, 
was just real soft. Was real soft because what they said was the choice was bringing Britney home right now or bringing no one home. They pretty much said Putin kind of like laid down the law, okay. and that's crazy, right? Because like those aren't negotiations. That's basically him dictating terms and you agreeing to it. Uh huh. So, so like I said, man, that's a tough situation. Now I want to touch on something you mentioned with your 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 um, colleagues that you were talking to about the situation. I also do feel mm -hmm. that this was heavily political. For some reason, mm -hmm. I feel like the whole free Britney grinded or whole we are BG that started off with the WNBA and those players have a support from their fellow player. And then somewhere from there, it's, it went from that to becoming more of a political type of situation. And I feel like Joe Biden and his administration are going to use this as a political win. Uh -huh. Yes. But I also think that you got to be very careful because there are people that are going to be very upset. Not only just about the Marine aspect with Paul Whelan being over there, but the mm -hmm. fact that you guys had a very dangerous person in custody, the people that tracked this person down, brought him, locked him up. How do you think those people feel? They hunted down one of the most notoriously awful people in this world. And we just sign uh -huh. a piece of paper and just let them free. This also, Jules, to me, sets up a dangerous precedent. So what happens if one of our other high-profile athletes messes up in another country? Then we're going to have other people that are going to be sitting up here using the Putin model? I mean, you can't. But we opened up the can of worms. We showed you that yeah. we're willing to do it. And you know what, Jules? It's a lot of people that sit over here. They're mad about the Marine and blaming Joe Biden. But guess what? When Trump was in office, he didn't do shit for the Marine either. True. That's facts. Yeah. This, well, this guy been there since 2018, Jules. They got him on some trumped-up espionage charges accusing him of being a spy. Yeah, you know, Pris, so the major was telling me, he was like, you know, he's pretty much done, the Marine. He worked for the CIA, you know, doing undercover work, what they, what they do. And he said one thing about that. When you get caught, you're on your own. Mm. So he said, it, there's nothing really, you know, they left him because they, it doesn't, they don't serve no purpose. That's why I say, you know, he told me it's political because they, he really don't serve any purpose for America or for their, what, they're, what they're trying to do. Because when he, when he do, he said he is going to get free. But when he does, he's, 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 he's through, you know, because there are, there are strict rules on, you know, you getting, you know, you getting caught because they're going to deny everything. It's just all on you. Um, only thing I can say, man, just if people you go and visit overseas or anything like that, please, I mean, follow, know their laws and fuck, don't don't do anything stupid. You know, I tell you one thing, Perez. I don't think this is gonna happen again. Let releasing a person that, man, he got caught for, he got caught for for selling uh selling weapons to terrorist organization. Yeah, I I can't believe. Putin say, hey, no, you want Britney or this? If you can't get, you know, if we can't, it's just Britney or, or nobody. I can't, I can't believe it. I mean, if you want this dude that bad, you can't say, no, give me, no, we want both of them. I think they were in fear that they knew that they are in this situation. You, you think about this, Jules, with, with trade partners. Sometimes okay. some person's hold, sometimes someone's holding a gun, sometimes the other person is not. <laughs> and I feel like in this situation, they were holding the gun, Jules. Oh man. I man. mean, the US went in there, they tried to do a two for one, 
Russia was like, no, not happening. You get her or you get nobody. That's not a negotiation, as I said earlier. That's no. a dictator. That's basically him telling you this is what's going to be. Take it or leave it. Man, that's like you going in there trying to buy a car. You're trying to get a couple thousand off, and they're like, nah, there's, this, there's no haggling price. This, it is what it is. He's <laughs> like, damn. That's the price here. Yeah, the price you see on that fucking windshield, that's the price. <laughs> There's no wiggle room. Huh? Man, I, 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 uh, I, guess I'll, I guess I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's pretty much what happened. And I want to say Ooh. that the Whalen family, oh, Jules, they were class. Okay. Because even though I'm sure they're disappointed that their loved one didn't come back to the U.S., they still put their arms around Brittany Griner and her family and said that they were glad that she got released. Mm-hmm. And I think yes. that a lot of people need to look at this situation and say, you know what? Yeah, it's not a, it's not fair that they left the Marine over there. A lot of people are going at it but saying spoiled athlete, entitled athlete, and someone to serve the country, you know, gets stranded over there. Yeah, yeah. But I want to tell people, though, no one was talking about this Whalen guy until Brittany got locked up. So I think that right. people need to look at this situation and say he brought some, she brought some profile to his situation, and I think it's going to be a matter of time. Mm-hmm. It may not be this year, but maybe some point next year they can work something out with Russia. Oh yeah, yeah but he, it's, it's, it's brought this. some yeah. awareness to his situation because mm-hmm. I know he's mm-hmm. frustrated too. They say he talked to the media, so he wishes more had been done for his particular situation. I can imagine he's been over there for what. What's this, four years now? Four, yeah, three or four years. Yeah, 2018. Yeah, yeah. And don't tell him what he's been treated like and what he's been going through. Hey, hang in there, man. Yeah, hang in there. But no, I, I want hang people to there. realize, I want people to realize that I am very happy that she uh-huh. was free. I want yeah. any American that is a prisoner of war, I want any American that's being unhealthy. Uh, unfairly held, unjustly held. I want those people to be free. This ain't just about Brittany Griner. Now, Jules and I said we were in support of her coming home. But I want any of our American citizens that are being held in a in a foreign country. I want them all to be free. It's not just about one person. And I feel like some mm-hmm. people, they made it about just one person. To me, it wasn't about that. It's about like what Jules was saying. You can't just take one on our own and we don't do shit about it. Mm-hmm. Now, I know people are like, Prez, you, ain't, you don't want to start no nuclear war over a basketball player. I understand what you guys are saying. But sometimes you want to be firm with people. You don't want to be pumped. You got to show some power sometimes, a little strength. Right, right, right. You know what, Prez, I think a little key, I think that's what everybody was. Everybody kind of got, you know, a lot of people's like, wait a minute, the deal doesn't make any sense. I mean, you know, it's like, it's like, it's like a, okay, we got Britain, but. Like the deal, like the deal is like okay. Russia got the better hand, they got did. the better play because it's like yeah. yeah, we got Brittany, but she could just get called for some for some, for some oil. She got caught with a little 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 weed, little little bit of weed, <laughs> and we just freed somebody that was supplying guns to, to terrorists. Yeah, no different uh-huh. than the U.S. By the way, because you look at the U.S. history and look at who we've supplied weapons to. But that's another mm-hmm. episode, y'all. But y'all, y'all know what I'm true, talking about. True, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we 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 our hands are not are not clean now. No, I don't know, Jules, but they ain't ready for that. But that's another episode. No. I got y'all. <laughs> but no, I got y'all. But no, man, I'm happy to Brittany's home. She's home before the holidays, man. And mm-hmm. hopefully, hopefully, our Marine is home as well. 
and anybody else, man. I, I feel like if there's other cases out there that you guys are aware about, write into us. We'll do our research and we'll make sure that we communicate that on our platform. I want to make sure if there's people out there that we're not familiar with because, you know, they're not the mainstream high profile cases. Let me and Jules know so we can talk about it, that we can amplify those people's names out here on our on our show. Yes, sir. All right, Jules, Deion Sanders. And audience, Ooh. you guys know, any of our OG, pulling back the curtain fans, y'all know that Jules is the biggest Deion Sanders fan. Biggest Deion oh, Sanders man. fan. Growing up, I feel like Jules always had on a Deion Sanders jersey of some sort. Always. And the go Man, dude, dude, you know, Prime was just one of those cats that just come every once in a decade, man. I mean, I mean, you have your your figures that in sports, Walter Payton, oh, well, we can go back, but, you know, the Gail say, you know, Sayers and, and, and Dicker and Buckets, you know, them big name players that just, just changed the game, the, the position or whatever. Dion was one of them cats, Bo Jackson, you know, fast as hell, flash boy, very confident, man, spiritual person. What he had done, I know he'd been coaching, you know, his son's football team coming up in different space, uh, different places and Jackson State and changed HB, HBCU uh, atmosphere, college there, and changed it, changed it, changed it. Those that, that's what I'm talking about when, when a person like that just come up through you know, come up through the ranks and, and, and life. And and it's a reason why God, you know, God uses all of it as, as, as a vessel to, to change, to change things for the better. And what, what Dion have done for that organization is uh, just unbelievable. Didn't really, didn't, you know, wasn't making a lot of money for, for what he, he's bringing, but he didn't care. He says not about the money. Well, you know what? He was betting on himself. <laughs> he well, got I mean, million. hey, sometimes hey, he got thirty million now. That school needs some updates. It needs to, you know, it wasn't what where he's going to now. State of the art no. type things. It's not. It's big. It's night and day. And yeah. for for Dion to to change Jackson State, everybody's talking talk talking about Jackson State. They're winning games. Yep. You know, they, they still won the championship. They won the championship. Come on. Come on, he changed the, he changed that program around. The 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 the, the stands are filled, celebrities, artists that's is, is coming to support. He put an HBC, HBCU camp, uh, colleges on the map where you get where we getting the uh, high schoolers who you know say get some recruits, right, to come to the blacks these black colleges. Okay, all that being said, he did his job and then some. So Colorado, there's opportunity. Dion took it. A lot of people, a few, some people was like, was hating to the point to where they was like, they, you know, you leaving the black colleges and you going over here. But it's an opportunity, man. It's an opportunity for head coaches. Now, I don't know. I didn't do the research. I don't know how many black head coaches get in, 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 in college football. Not many. Not many. So here's, here's an opportunity for Dion to come and do his thing, what he did to Jackson to do it in Colorado, where this is just, this is just the beginning. Cause you get, if you get more like that, then Dion could put other, other black colleges, uh, uh, other black coaches on other camp, other colleges will look at, you know what I'm saying? Hopefully look at other black uh, coaches and bring them to their organization. It's all chess pieces. I'm happy for them. 
it's bittersweet. I'm happy that he's doing his thing and he's putting, now he's going to a spot where nothing has ever done for HBCU college coach go from, from, from there to, you know what I'm saying, a power five school. Right. So that speaks volumes. Now, the sad thing, the, bad, the sad thing about it is he had to leave Jackson in order to, to do it. But hopefully he left his stamp and his mark and his blueprint there. The next coach, uh, I think it's a brother, I forgot his name. The next coach come in and just, just get the blueprint, just work on that and, and build it up and, and keep it rolling. Keep that, keep that thing rolling. Still support. Just because Deion left doesn't mean it, it, it's going to crap now. We still need to support these kids. These kids still need to play hard and go out there. They need support, need the parents involved, need the uh, organization involved, the staff, the community members, everybody. You know what I'm saying? Because what he's done, he changed the game. We can't keep it, keep it moving forward. Keep moving forward. You said a lot there, and I wanna I wanna kind of unpack a couple of the, the things that I was thinking on it, and it also speak to what you mentioned. So, yes, Deion Sanders did what a lot of people would not do. He spent three years of his life coaching at HBCU. Deion mm -hmm. Sanders is on a on a he's on a status or a level that he didn't need to go down to Jackson State. He did that, obviously, for a couple of reasons. To give back, according to him, he said that God put him in that position, put him there. Mm -hmm. But it also, mm -hmm. too, let's not get it twisted, everybody. Deion Sanders always wanted to coach at a Power 5 school. He told you all that in the beginning. He never said he was going to stay at Jackson State. He said that God brought me here now in three years. To Jules' point, changed the facilities there. They were playing the substandard field conditions. Right. The locker room was jacked up. He brought all that there. He brought sponsorship, American Airlines, Under Armour. Think about all the money that he infused, not only just with Jackson State, but other HBCU programs. He had college game day down there. They ain't never come down there before. Mm -hmm. He put HBC on the map. He shone a light on them, but he also did one thing that I thought was super important. When he went on 60 Minutes, he talked about the inefficiencies that take place in the, in the HBCU schools. Those are the things that people aren't talking about because they want to focus on the negative. There's people out here that say that Deion Sanders is a traitor, that he used Jackson State, no. that he's a con artist. And I don't believe those things. Now, Jules, no. there's something no. you talked about a couple seasons ago on the show. You talked about us learning how to build our own table and having our own. The yes. only thing that I'm struggling with with this situation is, obviously, it's tough. You go from a team that's paying you $300,000 a year to a team that's getting ready to pay you $5 million a year. I'm sorry. Most people are going to go with that $5 million a year. Oh, oh well, of course. <laughs> that's not, not a, a no-brainer. No-brainer, right? But, uh, uh, but my see. point, though, Jules, by, by saying that is mm. I felt like they were building something special down there in Jackson State. I hope that T.C. Taylor, who – Dion is kind of handpicking to take over the job. Hopefully, uh -huh. he's able to keep the ball rolling because you know what's going to happen, mm -hmm. Jules. That a lot of these players that, that Dion recruited to Jackson State, they go into that portal, and I just hope right. that enough of those players stay there and don't just jump into that portal. Dion, when he spoke to them football players from Colorado when his first talk to them, and he let them boys know in no uncertain terms that he said, "I am bringing my luggage here when I get back." And he said, mm -hmm. that shit, Louie. Boy, yeah. I was that boy, Dion, the king of the one-liners. Boy, that shit had me cracking up. He let them kids in that room. He put them on notice, Jules. And he let them know, y'all are 1-11 football team. 
So he was like, if you ain't going to do things my way, then you better jump into that portal because he said, I'm bringing my players in here. And I guarantee you that Colorado roster, Jules, is going to look a lot different next season. <laughs> Shit. Oh, yeah, he's shaking it up. Yo, he's shaking it up, man. He, he ain't playing no games. He ain't playing. He said he coming. He ain't playing. <laughs> man. He said about five or six times, didn't he? I'm coming. He's a, I know. <laughs> but you know what? You need somebody like that to put a foot in the ass. Mm-hmm. He, the other is a winner. He wants to win. And so he's going to do whatever he takes for, for the win. He, he, every, everybody's going to be looking at him. You know, it's one of them things like, oh, well, you know, left Jack State and he went to Colorado. He, can't, he ain't doing that. Oh, he's not good enough to do a power fight. He should have stayed at HBCU. You know what I'm saying? So now he's he got a little chip on his shoulder. He, he don't want to be embarrassed. He's going to bring his people, his staff, his players, his son, and all that. He's going to change that thing around. <laughs> Man. It's so cold, too. It's so cold. Yeah. So I know they talked for Heisman Trophy, uh, one of the candidates for Heisman Trophy, I believe. Me personally, I just, just a fan. I just can't wait to see how he does. I just want him to be, I, even if he don't, you know, have a, a, a perfect season or, or, or successful. I mean, I mean, just. You know, to change it around to have him just the opportunity where he can do his things. I'm just, I'm just happy for him. I'm just happy for him. Well, I'll tell you what, they Jules, it can't get any worse than that one in 11 season. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think, I think, I think only thing, if you go out there and win nothing, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, but we know that's not going to happen. No, nah, man, he's going to turn that thing around and yeah. he's going to have the players to match it. And I'm not mm-hmm. going to bet against Dion. Now, I will say this this is a message for our African American community. I want you guys to listen to me. We got to stop looking for people to be our saviors. Now, I feel like a reason why a lot of people are mad at Dion because they were looking at him as like he was going to be the savior for HBCU. It's not his situation to save HBCU. If we want to save HBCU, then that's on our president. That's on the administrations in these various Uh states to make sure that funding is being equally provided to all colleges and universities. This man shone a light on things. Mm-hmm. He showed you what's up, but it's not on him. We got to stop looking at people and looking at him like, Dion's going to take us to the promised land. Dion is a man. He's a man that saw an opportunity. He took the opportunity. He gave back, and now he's gone because he's doing what's right mm-hmm. for him and his career. Everybody has career ambitions and aspirations. Dion's no different. The people that are out here calling him a sellout, Jules, I'm like, what is wrong with y'all? You can't sit up here and call nobody a sellout. You would have done the same shit. He told you from the get-go Ex- that he wanted to have right. a Power 5 job. He never said he was going to stay there forever. Anybody that thought he was going to stay there forever is a fool. The only thing that I was this basically saying to Jules is, I wish that maybe he could have built something down there at Jackson State. Uh-huh. But it wasn't meant to be. Prez, I mean, it's like for anything, you don't want to get complacent in a spot or you won't grow. I mean, even let's just take somebody that's 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 just working on the regular nine to five. If there's another position open up where there's uh, better hours or better pay or whatever the case may be, you're going to say, no, I'm going to stay there you know, for the culture, for the cause or something. I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, you want to better, you know, better yourself because you got to look out for yourself, too. I mean, it's... I mean, it's simple. I I just don't like that. As far as black people, you know, in general, we're talking about our, our people to hate on another person's success. Just just be happy for the brother. He's getting an opportunity still. You got people that that, that talk about him because they want him to stay at one spot. But this is, I, I believe this spot here is going to open up a, plenty of other doors for other people 
for other blacks and stuff to get into uh, because he's going to be a success there. Only God know what's the future, what it brings and what, what's going to happen. Let's be happy for people. Let's just be happy for him. Let's see what happens. And he's trying to put his, and he's taking care of the people on his staff because he also got Colorado to give him $5 million for his coaching staff. So he's so, about to have right. some highly paid assistants on that team. So I'm saying right. they're going to be loaded. They're going to be loaded. And, and that's a, if, if that, if that's a sellout. Okay. <laughs> taking care I mean, of other people, you know what I mean? Taking care of people. Oh, okay. I want to know your definition of not a sellout. I don't know. <laughs> but that's another thing that our community does, though, Jules, is that crab in a barrel mentality. We always talk about it. We we hate on each other for trying to be better. See, this is the thing that I'm going to say to, to the audience real quick. Why is Dion getting more hate in Mississippi than Brett Favre, who stole money from the state Ooh, of Mississippi? Prayers. Come on now. Can somebody explain that to me? Ooh, you, you, they don't even talk about Brett. Don't even talk about him. Don't even talk about him. Meanwhile, Dion name, meanwhile, Dion name over here getting slandered. And he gave back. Y'all ought to be ashamed of y'all damn selves. Ooh-wee. Come on, Prez. That man gave more than he got. And y'all got a problem with him. <laughs> Boy, we some funny folks sometimes. We some funny folks. I will never understand. As, as my mom said, we ain't ready. <laughs> no, 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 no. Some of us definitely we ain't ready. No, no, no. That's a wisdom right there. She's right. Because <laughs> I know exactly what she mean. Uh-oh. <laughs> no, <they> ain't. <laughs> Before we get into talking about okay. our favorite holiday families, Jules, I got to talk to you about this Jerry Jones photo. All right. Because now, again, we in the last couple of weeks we've talked to you guys about how we feel the media will talk about certain stories, but they don't talk about other things. And this Jerry Jones photo situation to me is not being discussed enough for my liking. And if you guys don't know mm. what I'm talking about, there's an image right now from back in the 50s showing Jerry Jones out there standing with a bunch of white teenagers who are blocking the six black students from trying to desegregate an Arkansas high school and people were sitting here trying to say oh he was just standing there he wasn't blocking anybody he just looked like he was just like just watching and seeing what's going on you were there when mob activity was happening jerry you didn't even want your goddamn players to kneel you was talking shit to colin kaepernick jerry jones we know who you are when i saw that photo of him i said man this shit don't surprise me jerry well, jones and ben showed us who he was jules well, true. In, we're in Arkansas, Little Rock. You got some, you know, black try, black students trying to integrate the school system. Okay. And, of course, at that time, that was big problems because these students would get attacked. They get beat. They'll get, they, you know, uh, talked about, spit on, whatever, they, you, you name it. There's a photo. You see him with his ears sticking out and looking and, you know, I'm like you, I'm not surprised. When I saw it, I'm like, I mean, I'm like, yeah, okay, because – at that time, that was the, that was that was the, that was the that was the, the the flavor, you know. Yeah, that's that's what they was. That on. was, yeah, it was on that. So, my only thing is with with Jerry, because you've seen it firsthand, you know what blacks have to go. You you see you saw what blacks have to go through just to get an education, or just to get or sit or be treated with equal respect to get on the bus to have a fair shake in life. 
to get education, to get jobs, to get not only jobs, to get the same same pay as as white people. You you've seen it. You lived it. You've seen it. You, you you're not oblivious to it. So in today's in today we, we fast forward to in today's time. I think he should be more uh, uh, aware of it, and also like because I've seen what's going on in in the past, I can help out because I'm in the position too. You know that's why I think a lot of people was at like well, because I I don't know if he's if he's for it or against. It. I I don't know. We just see a picture. He in the picture. I I can't. I go. We go and speculate. But this is what we see now. It's like well. I don't think he had any. No, I don't think he had any head coaches that were black or whatever the case may be. Never, never, never. So, so that's what I think people are saying. Like, okay, well, you've seen it. You, you've seen this happen. You've seen these happen to these students that was trying to get just get an education. Where, where you know, what I'm saying Kenny had to send and LBG had to send national guards and stuff in, or Robert Kenny had to send national guards in so they can get in these schools. You see, so it's just now. It's just like. You know, for today's time, he should have been more sympathetic and also empathetic and understanding. But like, hey, sit, it should have been hired a head coach. Should have been had a uh, black head coach. But Perez, it's, it's one of them things. I'm like you, brother. I'm not surprised. But I think now, you know, cat's out the bag. I mean, it's fair to call him out on it and, you know, and, and just go from there. But, but I'm not surprised when I see the pictures. I'm not surprised. Hell, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised about a lot of things, Perez. <laughs> but especially sad, especially sad dealing but with sad but true. Yeah, especially dealing when it comes to white owners. So the photo is one thing, right? We could make our assumptions uh-huh. about what he was doing there. We don't know. There was right. no video. I can only imagine what mm-hmm. he was doing. But anyway, right. What I will tell you is the bigger issue. He's never hired a black coach in his 30 years. Right. That's Has had point. many black players. Think about the black players uh-huh. that have helped him. Uh-huh. Become even richer Win them championships. that have won yep. them championships. Mm-hmm. You mean to tell me you couldn't have hired one black person to be your head coach in 30 years of owning the team? Only two black coordinators. So this is my thing. The bigger issue is what we've talked about on this show in the past with the NFL. They have a diversity problem. And I'm not saying that they just need to hire people just because they're black. But you try to tell me that right. there's not more African-American people that are qualified? Look at what Deion Sanders is doing. You think the Deion Sanders is the only motherfucking former player that can coach? Right. Exactly. Right. You got to give people opportunities. So my thing is with Jerry, I'm looking at him and I'm like, okay, 1957. We see where you at. Jerry, that don't surprise me. With diversity. So they could go run the football for you. They can go catch the football for you. They can go sack the quarterback for you. But you don't trust them to run your team. Mm. Says a lot. That's a lot. That's what, as far as Jerry and as far as any other uh, uh, owners, is what we is what we're talking about. Now I'm glad I know we didn't get a chance to talk about it, but I'm glad there's talks with, as far as with Jay Z, with Red, with, with Washington and Bezos, and but, you know because we need representation. We need representation. You had the cowboy the Cowboys for so many years and never hire a black uh, head coach. But you've seen the thing is you've seen what happened with blacks was was it was it, what was going on back there. So people shouldn't people shouldn't assume this or or expect this. But as a as a person 
as a human being, as we have an opportunity and, and we have, we all have opportunities. You see, you're in a position to make changes. That's the thing. And I, I think that's what, where people are, 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 are trying to go with this. You, you're in a position to make a change, to, to give opportunities, to do something, but you're still doing the same things or acting the same way or working the same thing like it was back in 57. The biggest talk with football still till today. What cap members talk about, what what you know, what uh, what other people talk about, and I'm glad that Jay Z is just doing things with Rock Nation for us, for us halftime, and then uh, the talks for it, uh, you know, with Washington, and maybe th that can help in do something. Uh, Byron Allen, we have all these figures, these people that can can do things. Uh, just the opportunity just need to be there. Well, my whole thing is, you mean to tell me in 30 years he ain't found one? <laughs> that's that's I'm, 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 right. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That's why I was saying that he's still operating like it's 57. Uh-huh. It's messed up because it's 2023 and we like I said, we can talk about this till till we blue in the face. I don't see any changes. He came up with the Rooney rule, which is okay. Yeah, we talked about that. We talked about joke. that, dude. Yeah. Yeah. So it, I'm not really expecting much. I like I say, when I I, I hope far as with Washington. If uh, Jay Z would work out with the, I know him and Bezos was talking or whatever case may be, or, or any other team is coming up where at least we, you know, get get some representation. The league is 70, 70 75 percent of of the players are African American, and and it's messed up because you don't have a black owner. And well, Jules, I'll take it a step further. Okay. 75% of the players are African American or people of color. As you were going down that path, you look on the sidelines. A lot of the coaches aren't black. You look mm -hmm. up in those mm -hmm. fucking uh, owner suites. Everybody up in them uh -huh. suites are white. You look at the media pool. And I've talked about this before. They're white. So you look around and you're like, so the talent, the players, okay, they can be down there. They can make their money. But everywhere else around the game, we're boxed out. And I tell you, Jules, when I'm in those media Grumps. I'm the only one of color. And most of the time. Mm. Why is that? Why are mm. we boxed out? And see, that's my thing. It's like these billionaire owners that want to sit here and they want to placate to us. Talk is cheap. If you want to make some things happen, then open it up to everyone. We need to get out of this country club atmosphere, this good old boy network. Because that's what this shit is all about. When you look around and you see things a certain way, that shit is intentional because that's the way the world always was. When you think back to 57, when Jerry Jones is out there in Arkansas doing whatever the fuck he was doing, you look at that picture, it was all white kids out there trying to intimidate uh -huh. those poor girls. Well, you look at them rooms, you go to a country club, who you going to see at the country club? White people. When you see these uh, fancy conferences that people go on for their jobs, you look at around the rooms, majority of the people in them rooms are white people. Now, I'm not saying those words and saying that I have any sort of issue with white people. What I'm saying is that I want right. my people to look around and just think about what we're saying. That there's a greater issue that's going on right now and it's not right. If people are going to sit up here and try to say, man, well, black people, they always want this and they always want... No, we want the same fucking opportunities that everybody else gets. And I tell you right. one thing. It pisses me off when a black person does get somewhere and people try to minimize it by trying to say, oh, did somebody give you something? Nobody gives us anything. 
if we get something, it's because we earned it. Yeah. Ain't nobody getting no handouts around here. Uh, and that's, uh, and that's uh, the, the, the crazy part about it is motherfuckers, they will try to minimize your accomplishments because they try to make sense of it, how you got there, how you got to the same place right. I got. Hey, just because you was born on third base and I passed you up, that's not my fault. Mm-hmm. What'd you say right there, President? At nine times out of ten, we end up having working twice as hard to get to get to that position where for for you is either handed down or you know somebody or you know in some cases just just born into it. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I hear so many stories from people that I come across, Jules, and and and, and, and you know me, I struggle with biting my tongue, but lately okay. I'm just kind of like, you know what, it's not even worth it. I'll just come across mm-hmm. somebody and I'll like hear about them and they'll be like, oh yeah, well, you know, my father, you know, he's been in this industry and and this and that. And I'm sitting up here like, okay, so nepotism, that's how you got here. Great. Okay, cool. I'm sure you work hard. I'm sure you're qualified-ish. Right. That's the thing, is like they have those opportunities. They have right. But but they but they want to look down on us because we didn't have those opportunities because wealth was taken from us. We talk about this stuff, it all comes full circle. And I'm gonna be the one that's gonna remind people on this fucking show that. Hey, all people are created equal out here. They try to claim that it's equality, but it's not. There's people in this world, man, that will never have the opportunity that other people have. I was born into the family that I was born into. There were no millionaires, Jules. There were no business owners. There were no entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. Exactly right. Mm-hmm. There was yeah, no wealth either. that was accumulated. There was no, right. when somebody, when my grandmother passed away, she died broke. I want you guys to listen to that. This is a woman that worked her entire life, died with nothing. There was no, when she passed away, she left this in the wheel for this person. She left debt. Mm. So I want you guys to understand that someone that worked 50 years of their life, worked her ass off, died with nothing. These are the stories that I try to put forth on this show. To un- let mm-hmm. people un- to let people know, ain't nobody sitting over here on this show looking for nobody to feel sorry. We're just trying to fucking get you guys to open your eyes up. I tell people all the time, Jules, that there's no reason for people to be walking around saying that they're not aware of something. There's so much information out here. Educate yourself. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh huh. You know, don't only just focus on you. Even though right now I'm saying these words because I wished that people understood the plight of people of color in this world. I still have enough grace that can understand the plight of others. Women, for instance, and what's going on with them right now with the Supreme Court making all these rulers against their body. I'm not just only just talking about one particular situation, but I can tell you that when we look at this situation with Jerry Jones, it's deeper than that photo to me. My mind went to all Correct. type of places. Correct. Yeah, that's why we was talking about with the photo. A lot of people get stuck on just the photo. But it, there's a deeper meaning in the photo. It's it's what was going on, and 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 also in today's well, how opportunities. He had the opportunity. Yeah, he had the of opportunity to go, he in, was, to go to he school. He was born into it. Right, he was born into it, and he see with the eyes what we was talking about. He see, and a lot of people see what's the struggles that blacks have to go through in this country that we built. We was here, awesome. you know. What I'm saying? Our ancestors was here, and to, to all the obstacles and, and the hurdles and and the the, the 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 not the same opportunities that that our ancestors were having, and we see it. That's what that picture represent. That's that's my God. 
some people it went over there. a lot of people it went it went over a lot of people's heads but for us it's like you see it here's a steel yeah. poacher a steel pitcher in 57 and he, here's this billionaire yep as a kid here's this billionaire now and, and we're still looking for opportunity that that picture represents so a deeper meaning than just he's standing there looking for you know kids not getting in black kids not getting in school it it, re, it resolute today it, you know what i'm saying and that's what that, and that's why that's what we're talking about we still talking about opportunities because in 57, he stood by and watched people being shut out. Watch. In 2022, right. he's still standing by and watching people being shut out. Still. That's what that photo means. For any of our non-African-American people of color that listen to this show, we appreciate you listening to the show. But we have these conversations because we want people to understand. And for us growing up, it was tough. Now, I'm not going to sit up here and say that I think that every white person in this world grew up with wealth. Every white person grew up with this and that. Right. But what I'm trying mm -hmm. to tell you is, is that there's more of you all that have the wealth accumulation than we do. We mm -hmm. talked about what took place in Tulsa. We talked about what took place with segregation, slavery. Mm -hmm. There's mm -hmm. all type of conditions that were put against us, redlining, that prevented us from accumulating wealth from being able to pass things down to the next generation, just like I mentioned to you guys about my grandmother dying with debt. What wealth did she pass down to the generation that came after her? She passed down her wisdom. Yes, and that's important that we know. <laughs> the wisdom is one piece, but money talks in this world. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's why Jules and I always say that it's on us to make sure that we're making the moves now not just for ourselves and our individual situations, but for the future generations of our families. Because we want to be the change that we didn't get to experience for ourselves particularly. Right. Exactly right. So that's why I just want people to just understand that. Nobody's placing blame. We just want people to understand that everybody doesn't have these same type of opportunities. A lot of these owners, you look at these guys, they come from families that have wealth. They have wealth. They have wealth. A lot of the rooms that I'm in for what I do for work, either on the media side or my sales role, I come across all these people, oh, my parents and this their summer home here and, and this and that. I'm sitting up here looking like, okay, all right. Well, we in the same room, but I'm like, you, chef, you definitely let me catch up to you because, man, you should be way better off <laughs> if you, mm -hmm. your parents got all that. And you say you coming, huh? <laughs> say, I'm coming. I'm coming. I brought my luggage in this Louis. <laughs> hey, we coming, man. Yes, sir. We, we coming. coming. Yes, sir. All right, let's get into our favorite holiday movie, Families, Jules. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to let you go ahead and kick it off first because, audience, I know we hit y'all over the head with some heavy topics on this episode, but because it's Christmas time, we want to end every episode with some good vibes. Yes, now, every Christmas movie, and you guys know from last year, we, we broke down our favorite Christmas movies, favorite Christmas songs. We went through the whole gamut. But we taking a unique spin on Christmas on this episode by breaking down our favorite families. Families that we will probably crack up and wish that we could, like, hang out with them during the holidays. So, Jules, I'm going to let you go first. <laughs> All right. Dude, when uh, we was coming up with this, this the episode today, man, I was like, 
I, I, the baby Christmas family we want to kick it with. I know it may shock a lot of people, but I wouldn't mind hanging out with the McAllisters. <laughs> and that's the, that's the, you know, home the home, home alone. Only reason they got that big ass crib. I mean, it's a lot of them, but they got a big crib. There was, they, 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 I, you know, they have money. So we eating good, dressing good. They going on trips. They was going to Paris. Yep. They going to Paris for the holidays. <laughs> Dude, I ain't Crazy. never, been, I ain't never Crazy. been to Paris, but I ain't never been to Paris on the holidays. And, uh, <laughs> Dude, I would just think that would just be a, 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 a just a fun as a kid growing up in that household, just a just a fun time, just especially on Christmas time, uh, being with their family, just just hanging out, having fun, eating, going on trips, and 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 just just being a kid, just just having fun, man. I I I think it'd been so dope just growing up in that household, man. I I I, I can't, you know. But we know about the whole, the whole story with Home Alone. You know, they left. They, you know, uh, uh, Kevin got left, and that dude was having a ball by Time himself too. <laughs> he was life. having a time eating pizza, going to stores, and you know, unfortunately, you have a little twist, a little drama in it with the, you know, with the wet bandits coming in trying to break in, break in that house and stuff. So, so, but the fit man, the McAllisters, I think growing up with them in that in that household, going on trips. Oh, I think that'd be real dope, man. And not to mention that house, which, uh, Jules, I don't know if you got a chance to, to drive by there and check it out out there. Man, that house is fucking huge. So that part mm. would have been cool. But also one thing that I'm going to, you know, get a little sentimental with the audience here. I like that one, Jules, because I just liked how their whole family went on these trips together. It was like all the aunts, the uncles, and the cousins. They all yeah. posted up at yeah. the house, and they all traveled with each other. And that's something my family and I, we never did anything like that. And, you know, so to me, I wish I would have had a little bit of like a family dynamic like that. So, Jules, that would kind of hit me a little bit because I'm like, that is a good family. Because like they all was, even though Kevin mm -hmm. got left, and right, even though they was arguing left. and the house was chaotic, they was all together. They were traveling together. And I was like, man, I would have loved to have done that, you know, growing up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. Even Because at the end of it, he missed his family. He, he, he said he didn't even miss Buzz, and, and Buzz treat him like garbage. You know what I'm <laughs> yep. And I forgot, the, I forgot the other boy. I forgot the other boy name because he went to bed. But oh, you talking about Fuller? Fuller. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But no, that's that's a good one, Jules. I'm I'm gonna hit y'all with the Griswolds. Oh, dude, nice. Another another big house. <laughs> it's a big house. But also, too, the reason why I like this one, man, is because Clark, he's got good-ass intentions, as everybody knows. He always wants to do <laughs> these great things with the family. It just never <laughs> works out well for him. <laughs> oh, man. But I would love to be there for the fucking, like, just the, the fun of that, right? Because you know uh -huh. it's going to be unpredictable. You never you know some shit's going to fucking go sideways, right? And I like that shit. Plus, Clark, Clark just seemed like a good guy, you know what I mean? Just like a really good guy. Yeah, yeah, you know, because they playing the mess out of that, man. It seemed like I watched it maybe five times so far in about a week. <laughs> but but, but oh, it kind of remind me of of my of my family of people's families because you do have <laughs> you do have some families that members that are off, <laughs> and you don't want them being you don't want them around because you know they got traits and characters that like oh. <laughs> 
<laughs> like a like a uh uh Clark's uh cousin law. Oh, you uh, talking about cousin Eddie? <laughs> yeah, cousin. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? My man came in there with his family and just in the you know, he's they going through tough times and stuff. <laughs> and and you, you can kind of it, it, it's 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 relatable. That's what yeah. I like about it. It's relatable and it's funny and it's stuff like it, and and I, I can bet you any family, every family, there's there's family members are just just like that. Yeah, <laughs> that's it, what makes it, it a, good, a great movie. Well, even with people that are listening to this, they probably thinking about right now, like, well, Prince, I don't know about that one. They said that might be a classic movie, but they're like, man, I don't know about the Griswolds. You like, they don't seem like good people to hang out with on the holidays. But what Jules said is the reason why I want to be around them. Now I know Clark gonna mess everything up. We already know that. And his poor wife, she always seemed like she was bored with every damn thing. The premise of like why I love that and also why I think it would be kind of cool to hang out with that family because it would give you a reminder that that's what holiday, no matter how much planning, no how no matter how perfect you want it to be, hey, there's no such thing as a perfect Christmas. Oh, something will go awry. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that watching all those mishaps from Clark and the Griswolds. It just makes you appreciate like what the true meaning of the holidays are for. And it's just to be around the people that you love, right? And so like that's a perfect example. And the reason why I like that family is because it's not perfect and it's okay. Man, it's okay. Man, dude, that's that's a good one, man. I like that one, Press. I like <laughs> Sir. I'm just laughing at it because I'm 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 pitching the scenes in my head, man. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. Oh man. Hey, he <laughs> that dude, I'll pitch it one scene, Prince, real quick. He when he was when he was trying to plug them lights up. The light, you know, he got all the lights <laughs> yeah. together on that house. He got them on that roof. And it wasn't coming on. <laughs> dude, it wasn't coming on. And he gets so mad. He start he started beating up on the uh the decoration of, of uh, Santa Claus and the and the, and the reindeers. He was beating the hell out. Of so he grabbed the top of Santa's head and gave him a gut punch and then kicked him off the uh, sled and stuff. Man, dude, that 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 scene always had me rolling, man. Dude, I'm telling you, like I said, it would never be a dull moment, man. No, 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 because I can see my father, or my uncle, or my brother, somebody to have something happen and they get mad and just go crazy. Man. <laughs> I can see your coach doing that for sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh man! No, Mike, 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 too. He too smooth. He too mild. You know what I'm saying? But nah, I can see coach. Nah, nah, coach. Yeah, yeah. He 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 put holes in walls before getting upset, man. He, oh, I can see it. I can see it. Yeah. Hey, when hey when that man start when he start turning that head, I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So my so my next one. Man, I, yeah, that's a good one, dude. So, so my next one is is the Parkers, and that's uh 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 the Christmas Story. Okay, yes sir, now, yes sir. Now I want people like, man, Ralphie. They look like they would they you know, you know, mom didn't work. The the old man was always grumpy and yelling <laughs> and stuff. Why why them? Because of that. <laughs> because of, because of that. Hey, Ralphie, old man was the funniest character to me. He was, you know what I'm saying, and it and it's like 
they was old school. They was listening to the to the uh, radio. There was no TV, so they was listening to the radios, listening to the uh, the stories that they played on the radio at that time. Like we know, so we kind of kind of relate to that, even though we had television stuff. Like but we were still music and and, and and radios. I remember the uh, I remember reading, uh, and they had cassette tapes with the books and stuff like that. You know, so you put it in, and you would, I remember all that stuff. But far as far as with the movie with that family with the Parkers around Christmas time, you know, you sit up there growing up, you know, in that time you think it, you know, getting your list together. I remember getting my list together, me and my my brothers and I getting our list together, calling Santa or you know, going uh going to the malls where Santa is at to get on his lap to tell him what we wanted, what we really want. We know we we threw prayers, we threw stuff out there that we want, but there was that one gift that we really wanted. So we can relate to Rafi when he wants that BB good. That's right. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, and just waking and just waking up and getting that and uh, getting that gift and, and getting surprised. And dude, that's that's you know, with, with that, with that family, it kind of reminded me of, of how how I kind of in a way how I grew up in a little bit as far as Christmas times, you know, but to sit up there and just to kick it with them and grew up with 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 that family, I think it'd be ill, it wouldn't be a dull moment. It wouldn't be a dull moment in that house. How how the father, when you know he got the decorations up and the fuse blew, and he loved to to, <laughs> to, to 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 work the fuse to get the fuse back up and going, or the time where he got a flat, They're like yeah, I'm gonna change the flat in, in, in a certain amount of time and stuff, and and you know just always yelling because the neighbor's dogs out, dude. Mm-hmm. That's just mm-hmm. I mean, yep. I mean that's that right there is just this just it's just to me, man. I I think that's. That, that that's fun. That's just 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 fun times. And I was gonna say too the, the 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 wrap it up on this the Parker family. And we talked about it a little bit last year when you talked about this movie on our Christmas movies episode. The fact that his father at the end of the day made it happen for him, right? And that to me, that just reminds mm-hmm. you of just like your parents, like our parents, Jules, like they knew, right? We had that one gift that we really wanted, right? And your mom would be like, well, I don't know, things are tight. We don't know if we can, you know, do that for you. And they somehow find a way. You open that damn gift up on Christmas, man. And see, that's the shit about Christmas that I remember and I miss. Just that anticipation of like, man, I just yes. want this one thing. You know what I mean? The one thing. Prayer, dude. We do. You hit it right on here with, with the beginning of this episode. We talk about how it just doesn't feel that way. But that's that's why we, you know, say with the families, we, we're picking this stuff because it's go. It's gonna feel that way, you know, that feeling, that anticipation, that wake up like, oh man, Santa, damn, you know what I'm saying? He ate the cookies and drank the eggnog and stuff like that, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then you open up everything, you're like, man, what, what about what about this? What about? This? And there it go, like, hey, you know, your father, your mom say, what's that? What's that over there? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Over there. <laughs> and, 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 and you open up, and that's there it go. That's the money shot, right there. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. And, and you know what? That's the priceless one because that's when you look over at them, they smiling at you, they see you happy. You know, that's what Christmas is about. Not just about the gift, but just mm-hmm. those type of moments. You know what I mean? And so when, when Ralphie opened up that, that gift and saw that BB gun, man. <laughs> that kid, he was in heaven, bro. He was in heaven. Yeah, he was all good then until he shot it. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> Minor details. Well, mom, she, mom said, told, was, told us what was going to happen. <laughs> she told us. Oh, Ralphie. Oh, man. My uh, other family I wanted to 
talk about here on this episode comes from this Christmas. I'm sure you guys remember that mm. one came out in 2007, but it's with the Whitfields. Mm -hmm. This is the movie that Idris Elba and Chris Brown and Regina King, Mackay Pfeiffer, Lauren yep. London. I love me some Lauren London. Mercy. But so that mm. was the Whitfield family. And I would love to have been a part of that family, man, Jules, because and now you just had a family that was like reunited for the first time in many years. And for me, that kind of felt like how my family is. Like we'll go through periods where you may not see people for a year or two, which is bad. I know it sounds bad. You know, you may talk to them on, on text or, you know, messaging on the, on social media platforms, but you just don't see them, right? And this family, they came together after not being around each other for a long time. And in this movie, you see people that had changed, you know, people that kind of, they didn't know the family as much anymore because they kind of were disconnected. But through it all, they came together had a good meal, had a good moment together. And to me, when I see stuff like that, it just reminds you of that imperfect family, that people are going to have drama. They're going to have beef. Uh -huh. No yeah. matter how much you don't want that stuff, it's going to happen, right? Because people are people. And that's what you get with the holidays, Jules. You get a mix of people's yeah. angst and anxiety. Uh -huh. <laughs> and and in this movie, though, that's what you get. You know what I mean? You got that in and I know a lot of people, Chris Brown may be polarized. But, man, when that boy sang that this Christmas in that club, they ain't know oh, he yeah. sing like that. Oh, that boy tore it up. Yeah. Over there sneaking out to them clubs, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah he was sneaking he, out. He, he, <laughs> <laughs> he was sneaking out. You got the daughters, you got the boyfriend sneaking in, and isn't that the neighbor and all that stuff, man? Uh -huh. <laughs> but you can see that. It is, it's, like I said, another movie we, we, we talk about because it's relatable. It's, you know what I'm saying? Not every, like you're talking about uh, with the grizzles and with these family here. Nothing's going to go right. People are people, are people and they have, you know, not everybody's perfect. But the family's a family. Everybody's still together. Everybody laughs. Everybody's talking. Everybody's enjoying each other. And, and everybody's stick. No matter what's going on, everybody's together. They stick together and stuff. So that's that's a good one, Chris. Yeah. And, it, and like, even Idris Elba character, Quentin, had he had yes. been around. Right, right, and, and everybody has a relative like that. So that's why, like uh -huh. when I looked at that, I was like, I would be the one at the table just sitting around taking that whole environment and like, man, this family is something else. But I love everybody at this table. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yep, yep. And he could, you know, he it got into a little bit of a problem, and and then uh, Joe, I believe, is the is the uh, uh, character that uh, no, it's I know it's Joe because they call him Mr. Joe. Uh, came and help him out. Yeah, oh, oh yeah, you know, owe some bookies. Oh, he owes some bookies. Yep. And and he came in and he negotiated. And he didn't negotiate because I think he was supposed to owe him 10 stacks, but he only gave him five. And he said, take that to your boss and and, and let's call it leave. Yeah, it was Delroy Lindo's character. Delroy, right, right. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> man, that's a good one, man. Because you know, it, it goes to show you, man, nothing's tougher than family, man. Nothing's stronger than family. We, you know, we even go through things and talk and make arguments over here. But when it comes time to to protect our own, we, we there. Oh, yeah. And you know what? It's, it's funny. Like, only you can talk about your family. Somebody else talk about it. you like, hey, well, watch right. out now. Right. <laughs> watch your mouth. He's like, wait a minute. Hold on. <laughs> yeah, hold on. That's my family. Yeah, I don't know you like that. <laughs> right. You let me do the talking. You just listen. Mm -hmm. Because we all Man. got that aunt or uncle that get in trouble. I had one that got in trouble with some uh, stuff. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And, and, and it, sometimes it comes up during the holidays and you're like, oh, what the hell going on? 
<laughs> who that? Who who keeps ringing the doorbell? <laughs> All right, man. You know, right. you know, you know. Don't talk about that. You be that drama. Yeah. You come to your damn doorstep. Yeah, that's a good one, man. Oh man. So, real quick, my last one. My last one is <laughs> now. Friends, don't make fun of me. <laughs> don't uh, make fun because you he, know what he already he already got the disclaimer going, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> you already know where I'm about to go. I know you said this is not too a particular uh uh Christmas movie that you know that's one of your favorites. <laughs> but the Hobbs. Oh god. And this is the movie. <laughs> this is Elf, which I was watching a few times today, uh uh this past week. Oh, Everybody know about Elf. Everybody know about sorry to hear that. Elf uh buddy. <laughs> He over there travel. He tra he's from the North Pole. He was raised by elves. He's a, of course an or orphan that's raised by elves, and he's in the North Pole. But he came to New York to meet his biological father, Walter Hobbs. Cool, but Walter's come kind of a Grinch. He's a little grumpy, a little bit. You know, I can understand why he had deadlines to meet. He's not not producing or whatever the case may be. But that's why Buddy came, and that's why I would like to live with these people because Buddy's like. Besides, I'm not eating his food because he puts syrup on anything. Everything. Oh, everything. I'm not eating this food, but do bring the do bring Christmas like like ain't nobody business. Not <laughs> to decorate everything, and and he could and he could throw a hell of a uh, snowball. So <laughs> I just think it'd be I just think it'll be it'll be fun with with Buddy there. It, he got to tone, tone it down a little bit, but I think it'd be funny. It'd be funny, and then James Conker, he's funny too as as a grump, just like off the. Uh, 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 a, a Christmas story with uh, Rafi's old man, yeah. kind of same similarities, but but you know just but just 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 hard guys, man, and just just tough guys, and that's what I'm used to, bro. Because you, friends, you know my pops. Oh, I know. You don't say oh, much. Yeah. You nope. don't say much, but he's a tough dude, man. And <laughs> hey, but you know what? When he do talk, man, people listen. You're like, wait, wait, hold on, yeah, yeah. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> but I think that I think that the uh, the Hobbs family be a good, a fun, a good one in, during Christmas time. I would say this, Jules. I'm not gonna <laughs> rain on your parade because audience, y'all remember last year, man. I said the Elf was the most overrated Christmas movie in my opinion. <laughs> but you know what? In the spirit of Christmas and talking about the family, I will say the Buddy's character. He got everybody around him in the mood. He got there everybody go. in the spirit, right? So, I mean, shit, there I go. probably use a little bit of that this year. So, <laughs> salute to you, buddy. But like Jules said, tone that shit down, though. Yeah, just, just tone it down and then ease up on that syrup. They're going to get that foot. They're going to get that foot, buddy. <laughs> All right, man, my last one before we get out of here, Jules, is not necessarily a Christmas movie, but it's more of like a holiday-related movie, and it's Soul Food from 97, and it's the Joseph family. Yeah. So I feel like you could kind of maybe put it in there with the Christmas one-ish. But, uh-huh. Because this movie, it took place over different parts of the year, right? Right. We saw the seasons change. But this reminds me of growing up, having the Sunday dinners, having those holiday dinners. And this movie, mm -hmm. they always went over to Big Mama's house for the Sunday dinner. And our family, it was going over to Grand's house for dinner. And so this movie, our, this movie Soul Food, has a little bit more of like a, a nostalgic, almost kind of like it pulls on our heartstrings a little bit because it reminds me of just those times where everybody was like, you going to Grand's? Like, you know, people would be like, you know, we got to go to Grand's house, you know, on Sunday. 
And even though people maybe sometimes are tired from work and this and that, they always still manage to go over there. We got away from that, though, later in life. But, you know, when I was growing up, it was always instilled in us that we were going to go over there and post up for, for Sunday dinner. And over the course of this movie, though, you see Big Mama, her health starts to fail. You start to see the dysfunction right. in the family because when the matriarch of the family is out of place, there's a void. And you see that, right? You see the many characters in the movie they're all fighting each other internally and bickering and this and that. And it kind of shows you the inner workings of family, the things that happen in families sometimes when mama or, or your, your grandpops or somebody like that, when they pass on, it leaves that void and that leadership void in the family. And some families, they're not able to recover from that. Mm -hmm. But no, I just think that that one is just more, it pulls at my heartstrings because it just reminds me of those moments, not only just the holidays, but just all Sundays having that, that really good meal after church. Oh, dude, man! You, you, when you said when you said soul food, that's like that's like a lot of black families. Mm -hmm. Man, Sundays everybody come together for dinner, and 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 especially Christmas time. I mean, Christmas time, you, we always we had Thanksgiving over at my grand my grand's house, but we always did Christmas over at the at the house, and just everybody knew to come to prayers. You was there, everybody just knew to come to that. That was the oh, house to yeah. come to. Oh yeah, for Christmas man. And, I and moms worst. had a spread, boy. I mean, and I remember her just staying up all night cooking. She really didn't go to sleep, but if she did, it'd be about an hour. Then we get up, you know, and open up our present. Then she get up and stuff like. That. So, ah, man, that's that's a good one. Dude. I'm just sitting back here reminiscing, man. <laughs> You wow. know, and that's and that's why I'm glad we doing this. We did this episode. Obviously, all this we had to get through. You know, talking through some of the topics, but uh -huh. this part right here, you know, we always like to end it at least this time of year, end it on a good note, man. Because that mm -hmm. right there, that feels good, Jules. That feels it's, good, and I feel man, like it's priceless. Yeah, and I feel like after this episode, man, I might fire up our playlist again. See, this this was good. This was there good. you go. Yeah, I know. I'm gonna listen to it on the way to work. <laughs> <laughs> what you gonna listen to? A little James Brown, go straight to the ghetto. Oh man, you know that dude. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Santa Claus comes straight to the ghetto, boy. That beat there, boy. That's a jam. Oh yeah. James Brown know what to do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Jules, man, this was dope, man. I, I enjoyed uh this conversation, man, all the way around, man. And uh look forward to chopping yes, up with you again next week. Audience, remember what we said on this episode. There's a lot of things right now that's going on in this world. A lot of negative. I think the big thing that Jules and I wanted to end this episode is to remind everybody to focus on some of the positives, focus on some of those good things, whether it's currently, whether it's in the past. Just think about some of those moments. There's a lot of heavy shit that's going on right now, but let's not let that distract us from the holidays that are coming up. Jules and I talked about in the opening how we were struggling. We were kind of struggling to find that holiday spirit. Well, we're hoping mm -hmm. <laughs> that we can all Get the holiday spirit together with one another. So, Jules, go on ahead with that curtain call, bruh. Prayers in the spirit of the holidays. This curtain call goes out to Asada's daughter. Asada's daughters offer free educational programming to the young generation of scholars. A donation of Asada's daughters can help cover everything from donating books, public transportation costs, and food support. Lastly, there are opportunities to join Asada's daughters volunteer circle. Asada's daughters, President I and pulling back the curtain podcast family would like to salute you and appreciate all your hard work. Yes, sir, Jules, man. Thanks for that curtain call. Audience, as always, like we said, in the spirit of the holidays, 
It's not about maybe, it's not always about giving money. You know, sometimes you can give your time. So whatever you can do, check out this organization. They're doing fine work in our communities. As always, we appreciate the continued support of the platform. Without you, we wouldn't be. We're the Pulling Back the Curtain podcast. Thanks for listening.